0: In April 1910, former United States President Theodore Roosevelt delivered an epic speech that has inspired leaders for over a century, from LeBron James to Brené Brown. The inspiring quote from that speech is known as the man in the arena powerful quotes anchor our minds in the wisdom of yesterday. By reading the words of great men and women from history, we can tap into their knowledge and apply their lessons for our own benefit. Before going any further, I'm going to read you The Man in the Arena by Theodore Roosevelt, because it's going to play a critical role in today's story. It is not the critic who counts... Not to the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. If he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. It's powerful stuff, and Roosevelt's quote has inspired me over the last few years, and that's why today's episode of Subject Matter is a bit different. If you've listened to Subject Matter before, you're probably expecting us to dig into Roosevelt's leadership and extract lessons you can use as a business leader. And I'm definitely not ruling that out for a future episode. But today, we're sharing our lessons in a slightly different format. Instead of learning from history, we're going to be learning from what we're calling What-If-Story. Instead of sticking to real facts, today we're going to blur the lines between reality and fiction. Each story in the What If-Story series starts by asking ourselves the question, what if history turned out differently? I believe fiction is a brilliant way to deepen our emotional understanding of ideas. And I wrote this story to share the deep impact Roosevelt's quote has had on me, and in doing so give you an ability to better internalise the quote for yourself. The first what-if story is a tribute to the man in the arena. Today, the biggest battles we face as business leaders are often internal. They are fought and won in the arena of the mind. The world we're stepping into today imagines just that, where the man in the arena, our protagonist, must fight opponents not using swords, but using words, the paper and the pen. On today's episode, we are answering our first what-if story question, what if there actually was a man in the arena? What would that story look like? As this is a new experiment, I'd love to hear any feedback you have on our first What If Story. You can send me a message on Twitter, my handle is at BenBradbury underscore, or email me directly, ben at we are Without further ado, here is our first subject matter What If Story, The Man in the Arena. I'm sitting in the dark, clammy room again. Outside, the muffled roars of a crowd tell me that this is a day the vultures smell blood. In a short moment, I will return to the theater of dreams, to the arena. I make my way to the cell door. The jailer takes an uncompromising look at me, snorting, (laughs) they'll eat you alive, you know. Another underestimator. The jailer's key clicks in the latch, and the cell door creaks open. Outside, on a bench by the musty wall, is my weapon. The pen. I'm a gladiator, and every day's the same. I have a goal, and endless problems that could get in the way. Which opponent I'll face today, I simply couldn't say. I pick up my pen. It's a sleek silver shape that slots neatly into my writing hand. I unscrew the lid, holding the golden nib up to a shaft of light, piercing the gloom. How it will shine so soon. It's time. The jailer prods me in the back with his spear. He needn't have bothered. I've been here before so many times. I know what I must do. The sturdy iron portcullis at the front of the gladiator pit starts to creep upwards. All I can see ahead of me in the arena is a cloud of dust. The gamesman must have cleared the last spectacle away already. As the portcullis finishes raising, so too do I lift my head, seeing the path clearly. I walk down the dark corridor, terrible purpose raging inside of me. Today, ink and blood shall flow freely. I was right, the vultures are hungry. As I walk out into the sand-covered arena, I'm hit with a wall of noise, the crowd braying, screaming, waiting for the next fight. I catch the eye of a few frenzied spectators. You could have mistaken them for feral beasts, the way you sensed they wanted nothing more than to watch me be torn limb from limb. A mighty horn bellows, and a wave of silence engulfs the stadium. From high above the spectators, an announcer's voice booms. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the arena. The roar is deafening. Well, they want a show, they're going to get it. Are you ready for today's main event? The bloodlust sizzles in the air. I said, are you ready? The crowd are on their feet, Maddening screams and stamps echo all around. Then let us begin! All that stands in the middle of the arena is a desk and chair. My battle station. Slowly, I walk over and take my seat. The desk has a single piece of paper on it. That, alongside my pen, are my tools. If all goes well, I won't need to leave my desk. And if it doesn't, well, I won't have much choice. To my right, on the far arena wall, another portcullis creeps open. Out of it lurches a hulking monstrosity. It is all pulsing pink flesh, emitting a terrible aura of knowledge. The announcer's voice echoes around the arena again. Today's opponent is none other than overthinking. Just me and that big overthinking brain, I begin to write. What phrase will banish my opponent from existence? Think, think. The brain spots me, like a weak-willed Weight Watcher with a donut dangling in front of them. The mass of pulsing nerves oozes towards me, emanating hungry malice. If it wins, overthinking will stop me in my tracks today. All I need is the subtlety, the keyword word or phrase that lets me understand this problem. What destroys overthinking? Think, damn it think. That's just it. The brain is close now. A few more seconds and I'm lunch. Furiously, I put my pen to work and scribble down my answer. There's no such thing as overthinking, only thinking. For a second, nothing happens. Then, like a blocked hosepipe releasing pressure, a torrent of ink erupts from my pen. It shoots up, A magnificent stream of abyssal energy primed to do one thing, settle this problem once and for all. The overthinking brain halts. Though it has no eyes, I get an eerie feeling that it's watching the stream coming from my pen, waiting to see what happens. The inky torrent shoots down, aiming for the overthinking brain. The formless mass comes together, sharpening into a black lance, ready to pierce its target. Seconds later it hits the brain, the mass emits a shrill scream of pain, the overthinking brain is becoming what it was always born to be, nothing compared to a thinking mind. The announcer is silent. The crowd are dismayed. This wasn't the result they had expected. The bloodlust is replaced with impatient curiosity. What's happening to the overthinking brain? I'll tell you what's happening. Every problem has a solution, and the key to understanding it is a subtlety, the astute insight most people overlook. When you know the subtlety, you have a key to unlock an entirely new perspective. Now you understand the nature of your problem. That problem ceases to exist." That is what the overthinking brain is learning the hard way this very second. The subtlety, the solution to its problem is that there's no such thing as overthinking, only thinking. And the ink was rending the monstrous mass of neurons and synapses apart. After a few more seconds, all that was left of the overthinking brain was a steaming puddle of flesh spreading out on the sand. The crowd is silent. They were denied their kill this time. But this is only one problem. As a gladiator, my problems are endless. Overthinking is one of many opponents who would gladly rip me apart. And when they come, my pen and I will be waiting. The mass of ink waits too. It's formed a murky sphere by what's left of the fleshy mess. At a flick of my pen, it surges back into the nib, ready for the next trial. The portcullis to my left begins to lift. The bellowing horn sounds again, and the announcer's voice rings out across the arena. And now may I present our second contender. The crowd is in a frenzy once more. They were denied blood before. They shall not be denied again. I take a deep breath, pick up my pen, and begin to write.